would you say that just as I start recording <laughs> that things are going to go wrong? Like, why? Why would you do that? Because... I have a very bad feeling about this. God damn it, <laughs> I, I like to invite misery into my life. This isn't what I signed up for when I invited you to like co-host this podcast, was not you fucking things up by saying dumb things. That's my job. That's yeah. my job. You didn't think that me coming to the podcast would not curse you in some way like what reality do we live in here because that's what i do i thought i was doing something right for once but guess what i'm not you were wrong wrong. wrong. as usual all right there it is (laughs) awesome yeah so uh should we get started then let's do this let's do the thing who's hosting the goddamn thing what's going on now i don't know what's happening i just got home i'm hosting i am now hosting i am Uh, Okay, so welcome to Dance Robot Dance Podcast. This is episode 137. 137. Thank you, Mark. Try not to to suck any podcasts off on the way through the podcast. In a row? Yes. 137. Yeah. In a row. Hey, you get back here. I'm Paul, and I'll be hosting from South Korea, sunny, polluted South Korea today. And I'm joined by the our usual cast of of misfits. I've got Mark. Say hi, Mark. I'm yeah. Hello. It's not fucking sunny or nice here right now. It is cold, like just <laughs> cold. And we've got Tim coming from Atlanta, Georgia. How are you doing, Tim? Good. Yeah, it's not real sunny here right now, but it was pretty sunny where I was most of the week. Ah, uh, and I want to hear all <laughs> about that because I'm jealous as fuck. <laughs> All right. It's good times. Yeah. So this week we're going to be looking at some, uh, there's a lot of news this week. Lots and lots of news. Yeah. Since we basically haven't recorded for like two weeks, so we're going to have a lot to cover. Yeah. But uh, so let's get right into it then. The first bit of news that I'd like to talk about is that Idris Elba has replaced Will Smith in the sequel to Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad 2 no longer has Will Smith on the ballot, which we knew, but... They've got, I guess, uh, another excellent actor. Wait, wait. Tread lightly there, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> the other yeah. black guy. Uh, yeah, I was no, going to say, I, you got to be careful hey, what I, you say here, because they did replace a black man with another black man. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was the new Christie, so I had to, you know, do say some que- racism? Que- yeah. questionably racist things. So um, like- <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to fill that role, go ahead. Yeah, I'd rather not. I don't not. think that was ever a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just yeah. a bonus, What I Tim guess? said. That was never a requirement. But, you know, we get good laughs yeah. out of it when you do that kind of stuff <laughs> or when Christy does that kind of stuff. Well, so, like, I'm not going to. Feel free. I just, just I really like Idris Elba, and I'm glad that he's part of it. It just seems like it is a small stable of actors that inhabits all of these roles on both the Marvel and DC side because it, it feels like another Josh Brolin situation to me but I prefer Idris Elba to Josh Brolin a lot so I'm not really going to complain but yeah Suicide Squad's looking to be the sequel's looking to be pretty weird so they added a bunch of villains too that I saw a report this week and I was like they're adding a lot of people to this and then like the fact that they're replacing Idris Elba like they're replacing Will Smith's dead shot with like Idris Alba's dead shot as opposed to just like maybe yeah. making Idris Alba like that's definitely an upgrade character. like fucking Will Smith that Idris Elba is a step up so yeah agreed I mean like I, Will Smith's awesome yeah. but like yeah Idris Alba is like that's next level shit right now so although he is now in the Fast and Furious franchise which I saw the trailer for on top of the movie <laughs> we're talking about tonight like and it looks pretty fucking baller 
I'm going to have to go see that piece of shit. Of course you like, are. I'm pretty in. I'm pretty in for this, like, Hobbs and Shaw nonsense. Versus, it's like The Rock and Jason Statham versus Idris Elba. What do you not want about that movie? As someone who just recently saw Fast and the Furious 8 in a hotel room in, in Seoul with, like, Korean subtitles and all that stuff, at watching Charlize Theron's evil ponytail of empowerment or whatever, it was that franchise... It's a disaster zone. It's a total mess. I, I missed. <laughs> my last one was Tokyo Drift. So I was oh my pretty God. confused. Yeah. I knew that Paul Walker yeah. was dead. <laughs> so Was he dead for that one? Wasn't that the one they replaced? No, that was seven. They replaced it. Or like digitally, whatever him, like finished the movie with him. Right. He's not in eight at all. Not at all. I can't remember they, anymore now. Was his character's name Brian? Did they... I fucking don't remember, man. The only thing I know about that is that the only reason I watched those movies because The Rock got added to the fifth one, mm-hmm. and that's when they became watchable for me. Know. So I was like, I don't really care about like Vin Diesel or Paul Walker. I mean, rest in peace, like whatever. But mm. whew, yeah, the rest of those movies, not great until the great one gets there. And then it's like, well, he's watchable, so I'll watch these. And they're like, they're roller coaster nonsense like it's they're the dumbest movies ever yeah because i didn't know that we got into like this group of fucking car thieves being spies now but sure okay that's fine oh yeah they're like (laughs) anti-terrorist cell car thieves like fast and the the furious is basically like mission impossible meets the avengers meets like muscle car culture which just makes it the dumbest bunch of movies that has ever existed in the history of time but man they're fun like you just turn your brain off and just like Hey man, those cars are going to blow yeah. up and they look pretty. Everything's going to look pretty until it blows up in these movies is basically what they do. And hey, they make billions of dollars out yeah. of it. So. I was sharing a hotel room with my coworker while our building was being renovated and he kept asking me what was happening in the movie and we were watching the same film and I was just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just watch the stupid movie. Something went boom. That's what happened. It's fine. You're okay. Yeah, man. That's all that. Ha- like, well, it's like, don't what how they're trying the to follow like, the know. story because there, is- there isn't yeah. one. Yeah. There's not really a story. It's just like a sequence of stunts is basically, it's like jackass just with like a billion dollar budget. <laughs> with cars. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. With cars. Yeah. It's dumb, but they're fun. Yeah. So. So yeah, so Idris Elba. That's I'm I'm happy about that. Rocking it, man. Just rocking. On it. the DC end of things, Shazam has been getting first reactions. The Twitter embargo has been lifted, and good first reactions so far to Shazam. Yeah, which, yeah, which is the new trailer's funny as hell. Like I actually laughed at it a couple times. There's like at least three good gags in that trailer. Hopefully they don't just have wasted <laughs> all of those like all the good gags in the trailer mm-hmm. to get me into the movie theater where i will be very disappointed but i will go see this movie because i laughed at like at least two of the three jokes that were in that trailer so yeah that makes me cautiously optimistic i will say <laughs> yeah that, that it's getting good reviews so i didn't want to see it at all beforehand i mean I, we were gonna have to see it we were gonna review it for this obviously and i was gonna have to see it because that's what we do but i wasn't like excited for it now i'm kind of like I'm in. Like it looks goofy, but what? I'm in. What? Like we did a full review for Venom? No, we didn't do that. Oh, we did. Oh, that's true. We did not do. It. No. Did we do a full review for Venom? No, we so. didn't. No, we totally skipped that. We just bitched about it for like half an hour and then <laughs> like did something else. Yeah. Well, actually, the reason for that was probably because Christy refused to fucking see it, and like she was still full time on the show all the time. So like we we just couldn't get her to go <laughs> see that movie. Basically, because we bitched about it for like a week yeah. in the chat. So. It, yeah. <laughs> That was a mess. Yeah, indeed. I really do want to see it. Zachary Levi Levy is uh, Levi. 
yeah is yeah in the trailer seems really charming and i i like that they're going like full comedy with it yeah i don't think they had a choice with this movie like i just i can't see how they know they had to lean into the camp you don't do a grim and gritty fucking Shazam Shazam movie movie. (laughs) yeah like i don't think it would have worked if they had gone like grim and gritty i think it definitely had to be like their family-friendly goofy superhero is that but, why they didn't put Black Adam in the movie? Did they, they finally make a good decision in that regard? Because I'm convinced it's just because they don't like money. Because like <laughs> The Rock playing Black Adam and beating the shit out of Shazam is basically like a like I will go see that 15 yeah. times. I, I mean, but, honestly, you can get an anti-hero origin movie out of Black Adam and then have Shazam 2 be like Shazam versus Black Adam. Yeah. I'd, I'm all there for it, although it doesn't sound like Dwayne's going to be in it anymore. Uh, so, well, sad. I I like the because Dwayne's no stranger to like campy, silly move. Like he did Jumanji, and it was very watchable. I actually really enjoyed Jumanji. Come on, man! He was in WWE for like yeah. ten years. He knows how to do campy nonsense. Yeah. Like they did a lot of that in the Attitude Era. I mean, a lot of it was like old ladies giving birth to hands. But <sighs> I mean, Ugh. also. Ugh. You know, <laughs> that was a memory I repressed, but thank you for that like weird twinge yeah. in my gut that just happened right now. I, it's, if I could bring up awkward memories of the Attitude Era, I'm going to do it because I lived through it yeah. too, and I'm ashamed. Yeah. So we should all be ashamed yeah. together. So uh, yeah, I, I am on board to for seeing Shazam, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so ne- what what do I have next on my tabs here? Oh, this one I'm really excited about, even though you guys might not be. So there is going to be a live action Gundam movie by Legendary Pictures, but they've got a writer in Brian K. Vaughn from Saga and Runaways. I saw this. Yeah, that's a big, big fucking name writer. Yeah. So yeah. I, you guys probably aren't super familiar with Gundam besides like giant robots um but i've watched several of the gundam series they all take place in kind of different eras different timelines but basic structure is like angsty teenagers fight in a war and they realize that they're maybe on the wrong side of the war it's basically the same plot every single time and then there's always one special gundam that's like three times faster than the other ones and it's the the anti-hero bad guy that's the driving it and he switches sides so really selling it here paul yeah, I know. It's teen drama in giant robots, but not like crazy Evangelion, like pretty much straight up. C- it's C Del- It's like Falero versus giant robots. Okay, so that's all. I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just explaining it, really. <laughs> um, but having Brian K. Vaughn signed on to this makes me cautiously optimistic that this couldn't be not terrible. But I mean, I feel like they're just trying to cash in on the whole like, hey, Pacific Rim made a fuck ton of money for two movies. So what other yeah, yeah, what other fucking giant robot properties can we tap into? It's entirely possible that that was the mentality behind it. But did Pacific Rim 2 actually do that well? I don't know. I haven't seen either of them yet because Kaiju is not my thing. The first one definitely did well. Um, I don't think the second one performed quite as well as the first one did. The first one was kind of a surprise. Fun movie. Like, I like them both. They're not great. Fast and Furious nonsense. It's just bullshit. Yeah. But like, it was fun. It looked yeah. really cool. So Brian K. Vaughn is like now star. On, he was already a star in the comic book world, but star on the rise for his. He's adapting Why the Last Man, which we've talked about before for the FX TV series. I don't think he's writing that. Actually, I think he's just producing that. Is he not? Oh, well, maybe he's not. But he's definitely in the production team. Yeah, I don't think he's in the writers' room for that show. Unfortunately, this is gonna be. I guess this oh. is gonna be his big screen debut as a screenwriter so hopefully it doesn't suck 
I hope so. He's uh, he had a kind of a weird transition from comics to other media like TV and movies initially because he went to Lost, and I remember the stories about him going to Lost and just being so disappointed by how poor the plan <laughs> out Lost mm. was as a whole. And because Brian K. Vaughn's a guy who like writes his stuff like way ahead of time, like I'm pretty sure Saga's like he's planned it for a hundred issues mm-hmm. and like why the last man had a very finite run kind of plan for it as did runaways when he did that. So I guess when he got into the lost room, he was like, what the fuck? You guys have no plan. Like, All right. And then he, he, I think that's why it kind of took him a while to go from lost to doing anything mm-hmm. else aside from just going back to comics. Cause he was like, that was, that was horse shit. I'm out. So I'm glad he's coming back around though. Cause I love Brian K. Vaughn stuff. So yeah, more of Brian K. Vaughn, I think is in general, good so i hope that this actually pans out yeah Yeah, speaking of weird japanese properties that are getting bought up because legendary pictures has bought up mobile suit gundam and my hero academia which is like a a weird superhero franchise in japan but new line cinema um, on top of releasing detective pikachu has also optioned hello kitty for a movie which I don't know what's going on, guys. Just plumbing the depths, eh? Like, just plumbing the depths now? Is that what's going on? Are we just, like, <laughs> find the last possible? Because I heard, wasn't there a story? Like, isn't Netflix doing Ultraman right yeah. now, too? Like, a CG Ultraman? Like, isn't that coming well, up Well, Ultraman has, is still a really popular franchise here in Asia. Like, the, it, oh, it yeah, came absolutely. out here. Yeah. There was a recently one that came out here in Korea that was, you know, a Japanese import. But, like, all of my a lot of my students went to see it. It was pretty popular among young boys. Yeah. So, and Hello Kitty is still a huge thing, like just as iconography here in Korea, in Japan, China, everywhere. Still pretty big over We're, here. Like you kind of see it, especially when you start, like we saw a ton of them at DragonCon. Yeah. Like there's Hello Kitty right. everywhere at uh, in Atlanta over like Fanic or whatever okay. on weekends. Hello Kitty's come out in force. If they're going to go the route of Detective Pikachu with like Hello Kitty as a character in a human setting. Oh, I don't know. It's going to be fucking weird. But <laughs> uh, that, That's happening. Uh, they'll get like Rebel Wilson to do the voice. And, like, <laughs> they'll give them $60 million to make a total mess of a movie and nobody will care. Yeah. But like, hey, you know, the Hello Kitty fans will be like, I am in for this <laughs> Rebel Wilson Hello Kitty yeah. movie that Mark is for some reason pitching yeah. right now. I don't know. It could happen. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So what else do we have on the news? This is in Tim's lane because we he talked about it a little bit on the Facebook page, but the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge has opening yes. dates and <laughs> pretty exciting because I actually really want to go to that. I'm not like I I'm not super big on theme parks, but I have gone to Tokyo Disney Sea and I really enjoyed it. So when I go back to North America, I'm definitely planning a trip to Disney. So. Yeah, and they've been releasing a lot more like sort of details about the world or the area and like pictures of like the costumes the cast members are going to be wearing and like different merch that's going to be for sale in different shops and like interior art- artwork and stuff for a lot of the areas and shit. So it's really people are starting to realize like, oh, my God, this is coming. So, yeah, the Galaxy's Edge in California is opening May 31st. Yeah. And Walt Disney World in Florida is opening on August 29th. The small print on that is that the second ride, which is this huge sort of ride through, like apparently going to be like 20 something minute dark ride. It's going to have like drop elements and stuff like that called Rise of the Resistance is not going to be open when the area is first open. They're now saying that it's going to open like later in the year kind of thing. Yeah. 
Regardless of that, I've heard from what I've heard from the people who've had like early access to the park through press that it's a super immersive location and like it's kind of in the vein of Pandora where all yeah. of the people who work there are like in on the story and stuff like that and it's going to be really really uh, like a separate universe in and of itself. So I'm I will definitely want to go see that at some point for sure. Yeah. yeah. And having just gotten back from Disney World and having got to see Pandora for the first time, yes, Disney like I give no shits about Avatar, but they did an amazing job with that world. It's super immersive. The attractions are all really cool. So like if they're bringing that to, you know, that was like 3 years ago now, if they're bringing that game with some more experience to fucking Star Wars then should be amazing. Star Wars being a property that people actually care about as opposed to Avatar, which is like... <laughs> and Star Wars also being a property that has substance as well as style. My big feelings with uh, Pandora was that it was very much style over substance. Like, the style was amazing, but there wasn't very much under the surface. Whereas with Star Wars, there's a lot more opportunity for them to be like, hey, let's dip into this crazy amount of lore and mm-hmm. uh, depth that this world has. What, are you trying to say that Avatar doesn't have its own lore and fan fiction? And the, mm. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's like, there are fan forums devoted to Avatar, which I, I'm i as surprised as you guys are. But <laughs> it's like, uh, the, the idea that Disney devoted an entire area of Walt Disney World to Avatar still is kind of a what yeah. feeling to me, but it's fine. Indeed. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> On music news, sad news for this week in music, um, Keith Flint from The Prodigy died at the age of 49 this week. It's a weird week for this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, it was a bad week for the some, uh... Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was just weird because I had just, there had just been like a re-release or a re, uh, Pitchfork re-release. There's a reissue that came out. Out of the land. Yeah. And I, I threw on some Prodigy while I was cleaning one day just to like, Oh, look, do I still like the stuff? And then you breathe is still a good song. Sure. And then uh, I, I yeah. hear that he died. I was like, Oh shit. So that was weird. But yeah. Yeah. yeah he apparently yeah. Uh, took his own life. Sad. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I know that we are now entering an age where like the people that we idolized in like our early teens and childhoods and whatnot might start like dropping off like flies i just yeah i mean it's weird like, but not I didn't... even 50 like that's weird yeah yeah it was like yeah. the luke perry story where he was like 52 yeah. i was like holy shit i was not expecting to hear like luke broke. yeah i was not expecting to hear fucking dylan or whatever from 90210 right. dead already i was like what the fuck like these was just watching his shit on river yeah. like last week or something like that you know what i mean so like he's still on tv yeah that was that was really surprising yeah. to me too like they're just yeah 52 49 and I don't know, especially like alternative dudes from the 90s and early 2000s killing themselves. This is not the first one recently, you know, because Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington both yeah. you know, took their own lives, which is sad news. Depressing. I don't like it. Yeah, that was that one threw me off because I was like, oh, man, I remember like I saw the Prodigy once. Like, mm-hmm. it was a good show. Yeah, I was um, a big Prodigy fan. Like, I've yeah. got multiple of their albums and I, mm-hmm. yeah. Music yeah. for the Jilted Generation and, uh, yeah. and Fat of the Land are both both yeah. awesome albums. Yeah, huge, like big time electronic albums yeah. from that era too. Like they were very, very yeah. influential. Yeah. Rest in peace, you know. Keith Flint. Yeah, man. I still like that fucking hair, man. That's like an iconic <laughs> yeah. haircut. Oh, yeah. 
like that uh the reverse what do you call it? like a reverse mohawk a i reverse guess mohawk yeah where you yeah. had like the well especially in, i think in like a firestarter video we had yeah, like side green and stuck out both sides yeah man yeah iconic video good times mm-hmm. So in less depressing news, uh, video game news, Nintendo is throwing their hat in the ring for VR. That was their big announcement this week in conjunction with their Labo kits, which are the cardboard builder kits that you can build like cardboard robots with, which I have not had a chance to play with yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're really pushing this Nintendo Labo VR thing. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting idea, and it's cool that it's, you know, you don't have to buy, like, a different console or anything. You can just do it with your Switch. But I think, for me, in this, I've said this before, the VR stuff, it's really going to come down to what properties they're tapping into on it. Like, if it's something that I'm invested in, then sure, I'll give it a shot. If it's just, like, here, we're putting together these, like, completely new properties that are only on VR, I'm like, yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit. There's nothing for me yeah, to buy they, into. they've done that a lot with uh, their launches back in the Nintendo 64 era with the the Nintendo 64 disc drive, Virtual Boy, even Virtual it, Boy. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. Virtual Boy. They like to experiment. I mean, I mean, the Wii was a big experiment, and like it succeeded. Sometimes Nintendo experiments and succeed. Yeah. Sometimes they experiment and it just kind of like, yeah, right, they tried it. But yeah. I guess. And this is probably going to be like what if you buy if you have to buy like a game. Well, presumably like the kit itself will probably come with like a couple like sort of starter mm-hmm. games kind of thing so it's probably a 50 dollar experiment kind of thing so it's not like you're gonna yep. be spending a shitload of money to yeah. try this out you're not having to buy like a fucking oculus headset or yeah. some shit well it's <sighs> i still kind of want an yeah. oculus it's headset. an 80 dollar kit and there's a cheaper starter kit that's at 40 bucks it's a cheap pr- like it, the price point seems right for people who want to try it out so i don't think yeah. So, and it turns your entire switch into a VR headset, basically. So, could be, mm. could be cool. They better optimize the shit out of that software because that thing running at 720p with like 60 hertz, like, it's going to hurt your fucking eyes. That, like, no matter what they do with the lenses and stuff, it's going to be tough to sit there for a long time mm-hmm. using that. And plus, yeah. having, having a fucking full switch hanging off your head, like, that seems a lot, uh-huh. like, a lot. I mean, those, those headsets, have you tried a headset on? Like, uh, even yeah. the PSVR headset, like, it's not, it's not heavy, per se, but, like, you feel it on your head after, yeah. like, half an hour. Like, you notice there's, like, a fucking chunk of gear on your head, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, that's all I've got for news. Do you guys have anything else that you'd like to talk about? Do we want to talk about Arrow? Uh, yeah. Good riddance. Yeah. Yeah, so Arrow is finally going to be ending. It's it's going to get like a final season, but it's going to be a short season. So its eighth season, which will be airing this fall, fall 2019, will be its last season. And it's only going to be 10 episodes long. So kind of the buzz right now is that it might sort of finish with their next big crossover, which has uh, been teased to be uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And I think that that would be a sort of fitting send off to a show that has yielded diminishing returns but that did start off this whole universe so i mean i've still got appreciation for some of those characters so i hope that they give him a proper send-off i completely agree especially specifically for um i can't remember his name Stephen amell Stephen amell Stephen amell like i i really like Stephen amell quite a bit like i can't i don't fault him for how i feel about that show i still think he does a really good job as oliver queen mm-hmm. i just wish they had done something different with the way they structured that show as like cw drama fest as opposed to like the early seasons where it was very much like superhero like vigilante Mm -hmm. show and then it kind of became 
whatever it is now, I guess, you know, kind of over the course of a couple of years, it was sad. Yeah. But hey, man, we had the first two years were fucking awesome. Yeah. So. As someone who only watched the first couple episodes, like he was the the initial draw and still kind of is. So I'd like to see oh, him yeah. in more stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. he's pretty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is that. There's that too. Yeah. Yeah. Watching him go up that fucking salmon ladder, that even gets me half hard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I think the entire world thirsted for that guy when he was doing that salmon ladder. I remember the first couple seasons, every woman who was like posting to any of the fan forums was just like, sat they couldn't even post they were burning up <laughs> keyboards from salivating yeah. so hard so what else i have the amazon lord of the Rings series uh, has n- uh, now sort of through release of multiple iterations of a map released revealed its setting it sounds like it's going to be set in the age of numenor with the second age of middle earth which is a lot earlier than what people were thinking it was going to be because previously it had been speculated it was going to sort of cover like about 50 years prior or maybe well the, like within 100 years before the lord of the rings basically young young aragorn just two episodes ago i think uh you and alicia were talking yeah. about it um at length and i finally remember what christy <laughs> but you guys were mentioning something about it like potentially having been like an aragorn kind of like young aragorn story but that doesn't sound like that <laughs> no but these are aragorn's like ancestors so potentially there's still some tie in there I don't know much about this age because I'm still not finished with Silmarillion, but a lot of the people that I know that are super into Tolkien are pretty excited with that and say that there's a lot of cool content that they could be covering in there. So Mm. I'm interested. Yeah, me too. I'll be on board with most Tolkien stuff in general, as long as it's not, no one makes me watch the Hobbit movies again, but (laughs) well, you know, eventually, like once we all move back to Canada, you will come to one of America. <laughs> yeah, and we'll sit through and suffer those three yeah. movies together. <laughs> yeah, I'll just get some real good weed. How does that sound? I'm sober now, weed. so we're just gonna. Ha- I'm just gonna have to suffer through it without substances. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's yeah. your fucking choice. Like I'm like that's your goddamn yeah. choice. All right, I'm not living with your choice if I have to sit through yeah. those three movies. That's nine hours of my life. I need to be baked as fuck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But I think that there's always so much potential with Middle Earth in general because there's so much lore and there's a lot of cool stuff that Tolkien had written down and in his notes and his appendices and things like that, that anything could be turned into like even like a really cool episode of one of these uh, series. So I'm pumped no matter what should be good. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy that they're sort of making a departure from that third age stuff that we've obviously covered really in depth in those six movies. And so now we're going well back into the past and, you know, we'll probably see some ties. Hopefully they won't feel too forced to, you know, characters or lineages that we're familiar with, but Mm. you know, it seems like it's going to be pretty, pretty distinct different part of that world as well. Yeah. I hope that they, cause that's one of the problems I had with the Hobbit movies among like everything, but like the shoehorning (laughs) in of Legolas and so many, all the, the White Council stuff that sounded good on paper, but in execution oh, really didn't work. I loved the White Council stuff. I love the White Council stuff. <laughs> it, it, if it were a separate movie and they were doing a movie about the White Council, sure. But it wasn't. Anyway. Yeah, we'll have that discussion someday. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> but I like that if they stay true to the maybe the tone of the Lord of the Rings movies uh, while kind of hopefully establishing themselves without having to lean too heavily on tie-ins to the third age and Aragorn and whatnot, then I think that will be 
a better choice and it'll make a stronger universe for the TV series to build off of. And then they can start bringing in the Easter eggs later on. Yeah. I feel like we, I just did this in one of my franchises. And then when they started to like bring the other stuff, like the old stuff back in, I was like, all right, now <laughs> I like the show more because discovery was very much like that. We're going to do a bunch of random stuff in the season first season and yeah. nobody's really going to care about it. But then we're going to bring Captain Pike and show you Spock and the Enterprise. And everybody's like, oh, yeah. shit, amazing. <laughs> so I'm kind of like in the air about that kind yeah. of thing at this point. Because like I would have initially said like, no, I'd rather Discovery be its own thing and not plumb the depths of whatever. Yeah. But man, Captain Pike. Holy shit, that man's <laughs> dreamy. And I just want him as my Well, you get, you get to like, – you get Smallville syndrome when you're waiting for him to like yeah. become Superman and he never really becomes Superman yeah. and it never really feels like a Superman oh. show. and the Or you get it like piled on too early and it's like, well, this has – all of this lore and continuity really doesn't have anything to do with anything and there are no characters and there's no plot and who cares. So you've got, got to strike that fine yeah. balance. I guess. Yeah. Happy medium, man. Yeah. yeah Speaking absolutely. of uh, discovery, it got announced that it's renewed for a third season, which is not surprising. No, I don't really care about the renewal so much as I just want them to announce that they're giving <laughs> fucking captain Pike his own show. And like, they're going to do star Trek properly now. Cause like, just give me the enterprise for five years with him on a mission. I don't care who they cat new Spock. Fine. Rebecca Romaine. Awesome. I will absolutely watch Rebecca <laughs> Romaine for a, a number of years. Give me the Captain yeah. Pike show. That's what I want. Now. <laughs> we'll talk about that when we do Discovery, because, yeah, I have a bit of a crush on Captain Pike, uh, <laughs> even more so now this week. So He's being played by Anson Mount, which is Anson oh, Mount me. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Since the last time we recorded, the Oscars happened, which I know is a while ago now, but uh, there were some. Uh-huh. Uh, notable nerdy wins there. Bohemian Rhapsody, Rami Malek won for Best Actor. Mm, I have a lot of yeah. feelings about that. <laughs> but let's let's go into one that uh, everybody is probably pretty pumped for, is that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Film, which is fucking totally deserved. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Should have been Best Picture. Best movie I saw last year by, like, yeah. a country yeah. mile. A country yeah. mile. <laughs> Certainly shouldn't have been... Fucking green book, but whatever. Yeah. Black Panther won best original score and costume design and production design, which I agree with all of those. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well deserved. Um, and then Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. won a few others as well that were more for technical stuff, sound and editing and that kind of thing. The editing thing is pretty controversial because the editing in that movie is actually pretty terrible. And uh, Let's not harp on Bohemian Rhapsody for terrible editing because we were going to talk about the movie (laughs) that came out this week that had terrible Uh, editing. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) My favorite thing about the Oscars this year was that Olivia Coleman won for the favorite, which I think was well-deserved. It was one of those wins where it could have been the well-established actress. And Glenn Close, if you had given her an Oscar, I would not have batted an eye. She she obviously has yeah. had a storied career. Um, does but, she not have one? Does she no, have she does. Oscar? She does not have an Oscar yet. No, she doesn't. She's one of those people. I think she's tied for like most nominations without a win yeah. for, with somebody else. Yeah, it's got a burn, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> she, and burn. she's got so many iconic roles, like Fatal Attraction, Dangerous Liaisons. Like, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. it, it broke my heart a little bit for her to lose, but I was also rooting for Olivia Coleman for the favorite. So she yeah. was amazing. Yeah, so great. I'm glad she won. And it was the only, that was, I think, the only race 
that I really cared about besides animated feature because Spider-Verse really, 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 really deserved it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, speaking of movies and animated movies, Disney has now announced that Disney Plus will, they're basically doing away with their whole vault system because they kind of have Mm -hmm. to in the age of streaming. So, and that as a result of that, um, eventually, quote unquote, all of their classic animated films will be on Disney Plus, their new streaming service. Yeah, because all of their classic films are already available on torrent trackers across the internet. So they like, yes, (laughs) I have, I, there's two, like every single Disney animated feature, every single Pixar animated feature. Like I've got both of those torrents, like all all of the major features, even including song of the South, which is a, and yeah, that's the real yeah. question. Like, uh, will there? I saw a bunch yeah. of conversation about that that movie. I it's a movie. Yeah, right? it is. A, yeah, about that yeah. movie coming up, being like, are they like? I don't think they're going to put it on the streaming service, but I definitely think like it's been available. Kind of like Criterion, like you have to buy a collection to get kind of Song of the South. Now, I would assume it'll be behind some kind of like yeah, wall where like kids yeah. can't get at it. You I, know what I mean? bought so. like a bootleg copy of it at like a redneck like vacation destination up in the mountains of North yeah. Georgia, where they were just like selling it like because there were people up there that like grew up with it kind of thing. And so it's weird to have, but I mean, it's the sort of thing and Disney has done in the past. Warner brothers done this in the past too, where they've just put a disclaimer Mm -hmm. ahead of, you know, old movie saying like, Hey, this portrays stereotypes and, you know, racial biases that were prevalent at the time and are obviously not okay today. So just, have that context or release it with like a featurette or something saying like, you know, that discusses the racial elements of it and the, you know, the, the slavery yeah. side of things and all that. Cause that's what they did with yeah. the, uh, the world war two propaganda movies. And I thought that was a really good look, which was yeah. like, Hey, we did this stuff because you know, war propaganda is a thing. And yeah, and it was world war two. And this is why you see Donald Duck saying hail Hitler multiple times while screwing on the tops of bullets and stuff like that. Anyway, um, it's and but they gave it good historical context, but they never really did that with Song of the South. And they should probably just do it and have like African-American studies scholar talk about it for like 20 minutes. And then here's the movie. Here's the context. And yeah, like specifically, rather they do something like that than just not have it out there. Because I mean, I mean, all the racist shit aside as like a amateur animation historian, like some of those movies are important for like this, the, I don't know, the technical side of yeah animation and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like I don't really care for the content of any of it, but like there is like real historical precedence in some of these movies that are, it's just because of the time they were created and like the style of the animation and stuff like that. Like they're, historically significant on a technical level so yeah it was one of those movies that pioneered the sort of mixing of animation and live action together as well so yeah specifically that one too like that's why was that pre-mary poppins i think it was pre-mary poppins oh yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah by like at least a decade i think it's black and white for the most part uh no no it's in color is it in in color yeah but it is it's really early yeah it's been a while Um, i haven't seen it since like art school like that's basically the only time i saw it was like art school because they were like hey we're doing animation we got to show you this thing and i was like oh yeah that's real fucking racist and this is in 2004 so <laughs> i just don't understand how they're still sort of just trying to ignore its existence when they have major theme park attractions fucking based on it mm. yeah <sighs> like splash mountain is a huge fucking ride at disneyland at disney world and at some of the international parks too and yeah they're just like no that movie doesn't exist yeah. 
Just yeah, they really just need to own their their shitty past on that one and just roll with it and just be like, hey, we're better now. Yeah, move on. I don't yeah. I don't want another streaming service. I subscribe to Netflix and World of Wonder Presents, which is the RuPaul's Drag Race basically production company, so I can get Drag Race in Korea. But <laughs> adding, I might I am tempted to add maybe one more, and if it's Disney Plus, okay. But like then there's like. Hulu, which is under now owned by Disney and all their like adult yeah. animation stuff is going to be on there and then or whatever. And Amazon plus I, Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. Yeah. I don't I, yeah. I'm uh, it's frustrating to me. I just want Netflix. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Like I was looking at DC online mm-hmm. because like we, we've been talking about it and like it would be something I would use a lot because of the podcast and like I watch a lot of the stuff anyway. But I was like man, that's another fucking streaming service. And like, we have Crave up here already so that we kind of get our HBO stuff up here. So like, that's how I'll be watching like Game of Thrones and that's how I watch Ballers and stuff like that now. Yeah, like at this point, I've got three streaming services coming into the house, like Netflix, Amazon Prime, because I'm a Prime member and now Crave so I can get my HBO. And Letterkenny? Well, yeah, I get Letterkenny that way too. There's also that for sure. And then on top, I got Spotify and like, I'm like, there's a lot of fucking subscriptions. Like, we just have cable back. Like, is this how it's going to be? Like, are we just, can we just go back to the old way? I guess where I only pay one bill. I'd rather just pay one bill now. But, yeah. yeah. It's a lot. And then the Disney stuff's going to come up and it's going to be like, ah, oh, shit. Like all my Marvel stuff's going to be, yeah. like, I have to have that. So Mar- Marvel and Disney uh, feature films are both like in my main geek wheelhouse. And it would be really weird mm-hmm. for me not to like subscribe to this service, but it like the price point, especially with the TV shows yeah. coming up, like, like, that's going to be a big thing, I think. Um, especially, for, at least for me, like, that's going to be a big deal. Like, that Loki show, I'm like, yeah, I gotta yeah. watch that. Vision and, Vision yeah. and Scarlet Witch, Absolutely. I've got to see, so. Yeah, and, like, that, if they actually do that Winter Soldier Falcon show, like, that's going to be the best. Yeah. I'm so in for that. Like, that's going to be amazing, yeah. so. May as well just cancel S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that's basically your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. replacement right there. It's like, better Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kicking ass and, like, actually kicking <laughs> ass. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because we kind of have to. But. Oh, yeah. yeah we're going to yeah. have to. I'm glad Tim's like, you're up to date, right? Because like I haven't watched it in years. years so. S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched. I'm totally up to date because the new season hasn't okay. started yet. I, I, got, I, mm-hmm. I um, got through half of season three on that one. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I have two more. One, uh, this month marks uh, the 80th anniversary of Batman and also act, or Detective Comics number 1000 comes out yeah. this week or no, started next Wednesday, I think, as we're recording yeah. this. And uh, as part of that, apparently at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, they're going to release a swarm of one and a half million bats over a bridge in Austin, Texas. I need to be there for that. That sounds awesome. There's no way these are going to be fucking live bats. No fucking possible way. It's got to be like paper bats or some shit like that. But I don't care. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I like if they were live bats, I could just imagine the the PR disaster nightmare as people get chased down by. Yeah. Well, and that's why like the internet has lit up about this because everybody's like, oh my God, how are they going to manage that? I'm like, are you really that fucking gullible or like you're just sharing this for the clickbait basically? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I'm still in live bats or not. I think that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think like live bats would be a fucking shit show to see. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be in the middle of that yeah. fucking monster. Yeah. Iguana yeah. Show. That's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just, I just appreciate the mental picture of the chaos 
I'm just picturing it yeah. now and it's giving me a chuckle, you know? All I can picture is remember in Batman Returns when like the bats attack like the Christmas pageant? I mean oh, that's on yeah. a set and there's 14 people. Yeah. But it's like that, just with like an actual crowd as opposed to like on a set with 14 people. Yeah. Like how those movies were made. Oh yes. <laughs> so. Isn't it that that's how the penguin kills the ice princess, right? And she like Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. After yeah. yeah. Lawn dart. <laughs> yeah. God, I hate that movie. <laughs> We're going to review those movies one day. That's going to be a fight. I'm going to bring it up a fight about that movie. <laughs> oh, I do not like that movie. <laughs> and uh, Paul, this one's up your alley. And I uh, was surprised you didn't mention it because it is uh, a new pair of Pokemon games for the Switch. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I d- didn't know if you I hadn't had a chance to watch, listen to the previous episode. So I didn't know if you guys had mentioned it or not. But yes, Pokemon Sword and Shield will be coming out this year at the end of, for holiday season 2019. Um, it will be set in the Galar region, which will be based on the United Kingdom. The memes that have come out of it for Scottish Pokemon are fucking yeah. hilarious. It's There's like, been wait, some really good ones. Yeah. Hey, before before we even get to that, like Sword and Shield, it's like Nick Fury, one of the fucking. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and like Maria, we have Maria Hill on the other side. Like, is that how this is gonna work? Because like. I will play Pokemon if it's got Marvel time. <laughs> we are not there yet, unfortunately. But uh, Ugh, unfortunately. But that being said, internet is pretty hype about it. I'm pretty hype about it. As usual, the rumor mill is churning about what will there be new game mechanics. It's for, it's the first one that's on a not like it's on the main console, not because you know Nintendo used to, to split handheld and home console, and Pokemon is mm-hmm. always exclusively on the handhelds except for certain titles like that were not the main series stuff so this is the first full powered new generation pokemon game for the main consoles and people are very very happy in general like i love the art style so far i'm excited to see which new pokemon come out and this is gen Gen 8 right yes this is generation 8 yeah having the the having it set in england they they've had western settings before like they um gen 6 was set in france analog and there have been others as well but usually they're set in like japanese island analogs like the original one was kanto which was the main island of japan and now so the the fact that they're going to england is kind of cool more pokemon always more pokemon i'm always happy about (laughs) pokemon yeah but that was the that was the stuff that i saw yeah all right so, Mark, do you have anything that you want to throw in there? No, God, this is the longest news segment uh, ever. Let's get then. Let's get <laughs> to the geek of the week. Geek, 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 geek. All right. So, Mark, start us off. What was your geekiest thing that happened this? Week? Well, it's been like a, a pretty geeky week, but like I literally just got out of a Matthew Good show like uh, an hour ago. So we may as well talk about the fact that I saw Matt tonight. Um, yeah, so I did a VIP show or a VIP meet and greet with Matt. This afternoon, because it was my 50th show tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I went and like did the whole like meet and greet and like he plays a couple extra songs. Like it's an acoustic tour. So it's just him and a guitar anyway. So he got up and did like two, two and a half ish songs and then kind of let us ask some questions and took a picture with us and blah, blah, blah. And it was pretty cool. Like it was fun. He hates like he clearly hates talking to his like fans, like ask, like doing the Q&A stuff. It's really <laughs> funny. because I'm like, why are you doing like I know you hate this. Why are you doing it? But like. I guess they're got to make their money somehow these days. But yeah, like we, people were asking questions and they're like, you have a question? I'm like, no, not really. Like, thank you. It's been 50 shows. I appreciate it. <laughs> Take it easy. Yeah. Like, I don't really fucking care. But people were asking like, 
about random stuff and he's like i don't know i don't know i don't know I'm like why are you here like why are we doing this but <laughs> anyway it was fun and then the show tonight was amazing he's playing all kinds of like old old stuff so like um stuff coming out from <clears throat> like the old matthew goodband discography so he played fearless from the last of the ghetto astronauts he played change of season from underdogs which blew me away uh sort of protest song off audio of being he played faded paul mm. Yeah, okay. and it was really fucking good. Yeah. yeah, it was really fucking good. So it was a lot of fun. He had it. He had the best was like he had. He's. I guess he's been doing this at every show. Um, this is the first show I've been. I've seen on this tour, but I guess he's done this at every show so far. Where if he lets everybody sing the chorus to load me up, oh, nice. and if anybody screws up, he just takes over. <laughs> he's nobody's gotten. Nobody's gotten past. No town has gotten past the first verse. I knew it from like as soon as we got into the chorus. I heard people screwing up immediately and was like, looking back, I was like, fuck, guess it's not Milton. I'm like, if I could have just run you assholes, we could have done this. <laughs> but you, you just step no. up to the front, Mr. Holland Opus style and start leading it like a fucking Basically climb. just like start fucking like doing like charades or something like that. So they say the right goddamn word at the right time. But yeah, everybody fucked up the first, like the chorus right off the bat. It was, it was wrong. And I'm like, oh, Milton, that's, that's what I get. That's what I get for going to a Milton show. Anyway, but yeah, it was a really, it was cool. It was nice seeing him. I was like first row. I got my tickets real early, so I had a good time. Cool. Highly recommend. If you haven't, if he's still like coming around and you're like on the East Coast or whatever, check it out. Just tickets for super cheap and it's a nice little like club show or uh, theater show to see. That was the funny thing. He was pointing out the fact that like he can basically now just tour every small town in Ontario because we're a social democracy and with social democracy comes like things like community <laughs> and apparently that's all he's doing is playing these tiny community theaters. Like he played Tim's hometown. I want to say like yesterday playing like here tonight. I think he plays our hometown like next oh, week. Nice. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So he's just kind of all over the place playing little community theaters. I'm like, I'm into it. Yay. I like it. Yay for Canadian artists surviving based on, you know, Hey, that's, that's basically what he said at the end. He's like, I'm doing this to survive at this point. I'm like, good on you. Good for you. I'm sure he's making not, too bad bank charging us 150 bucks per vip session sure right yeah all right uh thanks tim how about you what's your geek of the week well as is no secret i uh, my wife and i did like a full like week-long vacation at uh, walt disney world in florida this past week we did the whole like stayed on property and did six days in the parks i got to see pandora for the first time drank around the world with at Epcot center with one of my uh, friends that, that I worked with when I was down there and is back now he's back now working there. But the, probably the geekiest thing overall about that whole trip was uh, when Alicia and I did the keys to the kingdom, like backstage tour. So it's a five hour tour at magic kingdom where you get a guy that just knows the whole place, like inside and out, they take you backstage in multiple areas like where they say like you absolutely cannot take any pictures or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You get to go in the Utilidors, which are the tunnels that run under the entire Magic Kingdom. Cool. Uh, which are yeah, like you get to you you know you go down there and you're seeing like characters without their costumes on, but clearly like they've got the makeup and the hair. You can tell who it is, or like like the furry characters with their heads off and shit like smoking that. a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. I've been down there before, uh, back when I worked well, first when I like trained for my job at Disney world, but also like just as a cast member, I, I was able to go down there and just wander around. Cause I had like my cast ID, but she's never been down there. So she was really pumped for that. And yeah. 
I mean, there, there was, they told us like trivia and stuff like that during the tour that I had never heard before and like bits of history I'd never heard before. So it was really neat. Uh, so I definitely recommend those sorts of like backstage tours if you're a Disney nerd and sort of want to get a different perspective on the parks. Yeah. I'm having never gone to Walt Disney World. I want to do the like the the underground stuff interests me because I've been recently watching some YouTube videos about people who do like the urban exploring kind of stuff through the mm-hmm. the closed parts of the park and things like that. Yeah, um, and I think that's really cool. But I still haven't had like the the true Walt Disney World experience. I was so in awe of Tokyo Disney Sea just walking around there that I'm excited to do the like just the basic bitch Walt Disney World tour. But yeah, I want to, I would love to go underground and see all that stuff. It sounds really neat. Yeah, it is neat. I mean, it, it breaks the magic for you a little bit, but like I'm fucking 37. Like I, you know, I already know how things work. It's yeah. just, you know, getting to actually see it for real is kind of yeah, cool. Absolutely. All right. So for my geek of the week, as I mentioned earlier, I've been, I, my apartment went through a renovation where I was forced to stay at a hotel for a while. And we've been starting a new school year as well simultaneously. And it's been a fucking clusterfuck. So I haven't had much of <laughs> much time to do anything except play Pokemon Go, which <laughs> I did a lot of that at Disney World, too. To yeah, be I got one of your gifts <laughs> to be fair. Thank you for that, by the way. To be to fair. Be fair. <laughs> That's going to become a thing now, isn't it? Like yeah, we say yeah. that a lot, and that's totally going to become <laughs> yeah. a thing now. Oh no! What have I done? I made you guys watch Letterkenny, and now I've ruined <laughs> yeah, everything. Pretty much, it, it gave me an excuse to get out of the shitty hotel room that I was in with the beds that were made of concrete or something, some shit. It was just fucking <laughs> like that place was a nightmare, and I had to share a room, which I'm never happy about. My roommate was fine; he's one of my coworkers, but it was just still like this is I'm fucking really used to living by myself now so i didn't want to do that yeah pants are yeah, overrated yeah. you know like just overrated <laughs> yeah. so. um pokemon go is into gen 4 now so they've been and they've been releasing the time and space dragons for the raids and it's been a it's been a fun fun getting into it a little bit more hardcore this week especially now that they give you rewards for walking further like after you get up to 50 yeah. kilometers you get a lot of rewards at the beginning of the week and that's pretty cool so I've been enjoying uh, getting back into that a little. I, I have my on and off periods going really hard on Pokemon Go and then letting it go, depending on which events are happening in the game. And it seems like there's always events going on and some of them are fine and some of them are like, why? So this one, the, yeah. the, uh, the ones that are currently running are pretty cool. So yeah, Pokemon Go. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah, like I said I played a lot of that in the parks just because there's so many Pokestops and gyms and stuff like that because like every ride, every little like statue and everything mm-hmm. is a Pokestop. So, but but I I haven't I've fallen off a lot over the last like year or so. I can't remember the last time I did like a tier four, tier five like raid or anything like that. So I don't have any of those like newer raid exclusive mm-hmm. Pokemon's the legendaries yeah. and. Uh, and I haven't done any like battling or anything like that oh, either, yeah. which has really fucked me it's because I don't have, I have many getting Sinnoh stones for that. So I haven't been able to do any of those uh, evolutions. Yeah. And- A lot of the evolutions for Sinnoh are not particularly like metagame relevant when it comes to beating the tier raids, except for Mamoswine. There are a couple that uh, actually are pretty good, but most of them are like not really worthwhile. It's just kind of like Pokedex filler. Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I like. 
I mainly am just there like to catch them all mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I'm not there to, you know, be the like best person in my neighborhood or anything shit yeah, like that. Yeah, same here. So I'm, yeah, I've been filling up my Pokedex pretty well, but you know, it's uh, trying to catch some shinies here and there if I have the opportunity. Caught some cool shinies in the last month or two as well, which was nice. But otherwise, I'm mostly just in it to catch whichever dark shadowy Pokemon are on my radar that I haven't caught yet. Yeah. yeah. So that's my Geek of the Week. Let's get into the meat of the episode. Tentacly kitty meat. Mm-hmm. Delicious yeah, tentacle ten- Tentacle meat. porn references for Christy. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Tentacles right out of the pussy. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> don't tell Nan about the podcast this week, Christy. I don't think that was a, a problem we were going to have. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically ever. Honestly. <laughs> so there's that. But, you know. Yeah. So this week we will be talking about the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise, Captain Marvel. The first female fronted Marvel movie thus far. And yeah. I'm I'm excited to talk about it. So uh, let's get general thoughts and impressions to start us off. Let's start with Tim this time. Tim, what did you think off the top? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was written pretty well overall. The characters I was pretty happy with. It was a great entry for being like the first female led. Like I thought that was they did. They handled that with great aplomb and sort of tact. It wasn't too like, you know, hammer you over the head with anything but it definitely had some like really great feminist messages and that sort of thing so i did have a couple issues with it in terms of sort of the storytelling overall but those those didn't really take me out of it too much Mm -hmm. so yeah definitely enjoyed it yep mark how about you I uh, definitely liked it. I had a couple like minor nitpicky issues that we'll get into, I'm sure. Uh, and then we'll gripe about for like a half an hour because that's how we do things. But um, <laughs> overall, like I was I was very happy with it. It just kind of had the same like once I was thinking about it afterwards, I kind of felt the same like, I don't know, not emptiness, but like I guess emptiness that I kind of felt after like Doctor Strange or Black Panther. where I was just like, it's good, but it's not like like mm. it's still an origin story kind of good, I guess. Yeah. So. I have the same feelings as you guys where it's like, I really enjoyed it. I liked it for what it was. And I think it's probably one of the better origin stories that they've done so far, period. That being said, like it didn't stray far from formula. And it when you know that what's coming next and it's coming in just like, what, five or six weeks from now. Yeah. It, seem, it doesn't seem inconsequential, but it does seem like, a little bit of a cul-de-sac when it comes to where the franchise as a whole is going. And I'm yeah. like, I'm so glad that Carol Danvers is getting her moment. Cause like, I love this character and yeah. I love, I love this cast, particularly Brie Larson and Sam Jackson together, but overall, yeah, like it's a really good movie and it, I have some quibbles about certain things, which we will get into. And yeah, it's just, I want I'm really excited for Captain Marvel 2. Let's just say that I'm I'm excited for it to get weirder. I'm always excited for weirder Marvel and that's I knew I wasn't going to get that on this one. It's fine. But yeah, anyway. So, should we get right into the bitching about it? Like what didn't we like about it or do we want to talk about what we did like about it first? You're hosting. This is your jam. Uh, well, then let's let's talk about the negatives first. Let's go because there were I don't in my opinion there weren't that many. Tim, what didn't you like about Captain Marvel? 
My major issue was I just I found it pretty hard to get into at the start. Yeah. For about like the first 20 minutes or so, there's just really limited context. I didn't really know what who care what character I was supposed to be rooting for necessarily. I just wasn't really getting invested in it. Like why do I give a shit about the Korean scrolls? Like Cree we've heard about a couple of times. I only know like uh, quite a bit about the Cree because I watched I've watched every fucking season of Agents of Shield and they played really heavily in there but mm-hmm. like your casual MCU watcher does not fucking give any shits about the Cree has probably totally forgot that Ronan was Cree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get why they did that, why why they sort of structured the story that way so you know they can reveal stuff in flashback and we learn Carol's history as she does, but it had the unfortunate side effect of just the fact that the first 20 minutes I was just like I don't really care yet. Mm-hmm. I had I had a very similar take on it. Like the first twenty, like the first half an hour, I guess the first act, I was just like, man, I'm not super engaged with this right now. And I'm like, I was starting to get worried a little bit because I was also starting to have like, I saw it in 3D, and like this is maybe me just me bitching about projection more than anything. But like, man, the movie's fucking dark. And uh, seeing it in 3D, I was like, the first that first fight, like where they're infiltrating that scroll base or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's, I have no fucking idea what's happening right now. Like people were fighting and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Like no idea what's going on. Well, my, my other gripe uh, was that I couldn't fucking find this movie in 3d, like the theater I uh, go to, which is one of the biggest theaters in Atlanta and has like multiple IMAX theaters did not have it in fucking 3d. I watched it in IMAX 2d. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd rather, I, I want to go back and see it in like IMAX 2d or like just 2d period because the 3d, the 3d was fine. But it was like the movie was shot so dark and like I had a real issue with some of the editing, like the fight editing was kind of not the best that they've ever done. Yeah. So it was real choppy and I was having trouble following what was going on because like it's too dark. Everything's moving way too fast. Everything's a blur. I hate 3D. Can we just put these on fucking app like on iTunes so that I can download a 4K copy and watch it on my TV that is properly fucking balanced because I hate this theater (laughs) shit sometimes like it drives me nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it in IMAX 2D as well, and I like I thought the colors were pretty bright and vivid. Yeah, the, I, the scroll infiltration scene is purposefully dark, I think, because you're supposed to feel the the confusion that everyone else feels uh, just dealing with shapeshifters and the scrolls. And I think darkness does lend itself to that feeling, but unfortunately, the like yeah, the color balance was a little off, so they there wasn't enough contrast, yeah. um, especially since like the whole point at the beginning was her suppressing her powers. So we didn't get as much of the glow, which um, was really cool to see in the second half of the movie. And it's going to look sweet in HDR, but like, Ooh, that first scene. Yeah. Definitely needed. Like I I was definitely like, can I get like a gamma boost a little bit here? Like I'm dying to see what's actually happening on the screen as opposed (laughs) to black and gray, kind of like whooshing by. I was like, this is a little bit what is happening. So yeah. Yeah. For, in terms of establishment, I think that the first 20 minutes for me, I didn't, I wasn't as uh, alienated as you guys were, it seems, but I definitely, I was definitely charmed by Brie Larson pretty much out the gate. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of latched onto that, but I, it is a weird storytelling choice for an origin story to like go in medias res, like, you know, start in the middle of things. And as Tim said, learn the history along with Carol. Yeah, because like, I don't know. Does everything need to be like a plot reveal? 
Like it's a reveal. Everything is a reveal. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, Martia, do you have any other gripes that you wanted to go over? Or? <sighs> no, aside from like, I mean, like my like my big things were like the first, like the, yeah, it's like the opening act. I'm like, there's some there was an issue there, like that could have been written or directed probably more elegantly. And then other than that, like I really didn't have a ton of problems. I, I like Brie Larson seemed kind of stiff in some spots, and then seemed really awesome in other spots. So like she seemed uneven, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, she was great. Other than that, like the rest of the cast is so good that I really don't have a ton to complain about. It's just like that first, I was just concerned because I mean, like 20 minutes into the new Marvel movie after waiting a year, and I was like, oh shit, I'm not enjoying this yet. What's going on? Yeah. Like the hype wasn't carrying me through anymore. I'm like, this is kind of feels like it's falling apart already. What's happening here? And it yeah. got together once they get to Earth. But like, mm-hmm. I think that first act is like, you really need, like, that needed some more massaging. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got us to where we needed to be. Which yeah. I guess fine because like the rest of the movie, I'm like, all right, we're in the MCU now. I feel like we're having a romp. Let's have some fun. I mean, yeah. granted, they started like they dropped her on the planet and started playing Elastica, but like, so I was kind of <laughs> yeah. in regardless. Yeah, right. But yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The I like the '90s touches for the most part. I was there for, but another one of my things that like there oh. were some of those that took me out. The uh, just a girl thing at like the, the cue of the no doubt at the end. I was like, it felt that I loved. See, I felt miscued. I felt like it should have started when she hit the guy into the fucking jukebox. Mm. And then I was like, because everything else felt like it was diegetic, and except for that. And I was like, why? All right, I guess that's fine. But like, it just yeah. that, that felt totally odd to me. Also, that scene was super dark too. And like, until she starts really powering up again, I was yeah. like, there's a lot of weird shit happening that I can't really see what's going on. I got to stop yeah. seeing movies in 3D. I'm just getting old, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was some of those like, Hey, we're in the nineties beats that were like, yeah, I fucking get it. Like you're hammering me over the head with it. I don't need it every three minutes to remember. Like, do you remember like this fucking yeah. member berries thing? Like, Hey, remember the nineties? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Remember Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> there were some that like where, when they're loading up the, the, that was the great. CD, that was great. There were, there were moments oh, where yeah. that paid off really well and other moments that were like uh yeah like when he says like lose the flannel and like ah see i like that one yeah that one worked that one worked for me as like somebody who like dressed like that i totally was like yep i know that fucking thing later around the waist yeah 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 with the nine inch nails t-shirt i'm like i basically own that outfit so yeah (laughs) she she looks much better in it than i ever did but that's because she's freaking (laughs) larson so yeah Yeah. my only oh okay i've got two gripes about this movie and there are two individual scenes one of which is when maria rambo is going into her spiel about how great carol danvers is lashana lynch sells it but it still feels like a really forced speech and it only works because the cast is so good and lashana lynch in particular like i would love to see more maria rambo in something because she was great i feel like we're gonna get more monica and not more maria unfortunately yes That is probably true. That being said, the Monica scene where they are choosing the new colors for Captain Marvel's costume and she whips out like the hexagonal like um, MS paint swatch (laughs) and they're like, let's let. Oh, and she looks at the Air Force symbol and it's like let's choose that not propaganda we're just we're, she, yeah, yeah not this wasn't funded by the air force yes it was she may as well um, just looked at a superman costume and picked the fucking uh, picked the colors at that point i was like all right because like they're yeah. the same colors guys but yeah yeah um, that was a, I mean, that worked that was fine that was cute 
I found that one cute. But yeah, I was yeah. like, I can I was cool see, I can see why you'd be pan, why it might feel pandery too. Yeah, because this is the. I think the Avengers didn't get military funding when they wanted it because it was too anti-war. And weirdly enough, this one is kind of pro Air Force, but like totally calls out that they were not allowed to do combat missions because they were women. So like, yeah. it was very realistic, and I, like the Air Force tie-in didn't bug me as much as the military shit and fucking transformers or oh, yeah. Batman, Michael, Superman stuff like that. Like Michael Bay's got the American military's dick in his mouth up to the hilt. So like, yeah, that's basically what's going to happen. Like, I don't think the Marvel movies do that quite as much. We were talking about this offline before. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think you can kind of, you can't do Captain Marvel without the air force time. Cause it's so like part of the core of her character uh, as being a military, yeah. basically being the female health Jordan. Is what yeah. I realized when I was watching this or rereading the, the books. I was like, oh yeah, she's really just Hal Jordan. But all right, cool. She's a cooler Hal Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they, you couldn't you couldn't extricate it from it. So I'm like, as minimally as they did have that like yay Air Force hurrah kind of thing in there, I'm like, that's fine for me. Like anything more, and I would have been like, All right, Michael Bay, fucking relax. But yeah. <laughs> the way they did it, I'm like, it's it was it worked for me in as much as it, it was there and it kind of had to be. So Yeah. It, it was, yeah, that was a quibble at best because, yeah. like, I did actually like the child actress who played Monica and overall, like, that that to me, besides the, the buddy cop duo of Carol and uh, Nick Fury, sorry, Fury, gotta call him Fury. Yeah, gotta call him Fury. Call God damn it. <laughs> His mom calls him Fury. fucking story point now, yeah. 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 So, uh, Fury and uh, Carol were great together, and but the the friendship between Maria and Carol was awesome. And I really enjoyed all of those scenes. So yeah, my quibbles were pretty minimal. Yeah. My only other minor quibble, I really wish that there was more to fucking fury losing his eye. than I got, <laughs> I got slashed by an alien cat. See, I kind of think it's, I thought it was funny because they, they make a huge point in, I want to say Ultron, but like they make a huge point a couple times of like fury lies. And like, yeah, there's a bunch of points like plot points that, that contradict other Marvel movie plot points, like his Thor speech, where he talks about how Thor was the reason why, like he knew about aliens and shit, where now we know he knew about all this shit like 10 years beforehand. And like, yeah. where the fuck was the Like, how did how did they get the Tesseract exactly? Like, and we, Paul and I talked about it a little bit and it kind of like you can wrap your head around it. But like, at first yeah. I was like, wait, why the fuck's the cosmic cube there? I mean, OK, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Tesseract. I know it's not cosmic. Cube, yeah. God damn it. But like. I'm old, yeah. so Cosmic Cube. I'm like, why is the Cosmic Cube there? Like, it took me a second to be like, who the fuck had it at that point? Like, we had to go look up the fact that Howard Stark had pulled it out of the ocean, and then it was like, well, I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. had it. So Yeah, Pega- right. Proge- uh, Howard Stark's Project Pegasus, which became, which th- they were the ones who ended up having it back when the, mm-hmm. it was getting studied by, uh, and then stolen by Loki. So, yeah, there there are some, like, timeline continuity WTFs that pop up because of this movie and it's it's setting in time and whatnot but I do like the whole like yes Nick Fury knew a lot more than he was letting on the entire time kind of thing especially when for me it makes sense for the Nick Fury character to just be like always fucking lying out of his ass regardless of whether you you want to like him because he's Sam Jackson but like the Nick Mm -hmm. Fury character is a spy and a piece of shit Mm -hmm. and everybody in the MCU hates him like not the MCU, sorry. Yeah. Like in the like the real comics, when Nick Fury shows up, everybody's like, "Fuck." <laughs> yeah, like that's basically the reaction you get when Nick Fury shows up because yeah. you're like, "Oh shit, the spy stuff's gonna start up. Can we just punch this shit in the face? We have to sneak around now." <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So yeah, mm-hmm. 
so since we've gone through the negatives, let's go over the positives. Let's start with Tim. Tim, what did you like or love or kind of enjoy <laughs> about this movie? You know? I mean, the the irony is not lost on me that we are three dudes talking about a fucking like female led movie, but mm-hmm. it was a great fucking female led movie. Like it was a female led movie that had no fucking romance, which was I was super happy about. I wish they would do that for all these movies. Like, I don't need to have a goddamn romance subplot in all of them. Like, Thor? Get rid of it. Yeah. Don't need it yeah. anymore. Get rid of it. Into that same sort of effect, like, June Law, Jude Law as Jan Rog, like, basically, I thought was a perfect sort of ultimate foil for Carol, like, villain. Because you, by the end of the movie, you realize, like, holy fuck, he's been gaslighting her like her entire time on Hala and making her realize, making her think like, you know, that she can't do, you know, that, that there's things that are wrong with her and that, you know, she has to hold back her power and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And like that moment when she, you know, says to him, I have nothing to prove to you and just beats the fuck (sighs) out of him. I was like, yeah, like I literally said yes in the theater. Yeah, I loved that <laughs> part so much. The the whole like he's trying to goad her into playing by his rules and fighting yeah. his arena. And she's so she's so beyond his power level that she just blasts him like across the canyon. I yeah. I was so, so satisfied with that moment that yeah, she, yeah, she just Indiana Jones him. Cared. That's all she did. It was just yeah. an Indiana Jones move. <laughs> She's like, fuck this. I can shoot this guy. I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. I'm super yeah. looking forward to like that character coming back in a sequel. Cause he is having, I was, I reread probably the first 20 issues of uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh, Captain Marvel run. And when he does show up eventually in that, like he's a fucking cool as hell villain. So I'm hoping they can kind of tie him back into like the way the character works in the, the comic book universe a little bit more. Cause he's an awesome villain for Carol. And like her, like he is really very much like her kind of, foil yeah uh, a lot of the time so. Mm-hmm. so well while we're talking about him i have a question that that fucking plagued me the whole movie why the fuck do some kree have blue skin and some don't like yon rog and korath neither of them are blue skin kree but they're still fucking kree i don't know there's white black and whatever people on earth i guess it's basically <laughs> kind of how they answer it i think i don't really actually know the answer to that they have multiple kinds of kree in the comics too but like they've never really mm-hmm. specified like this is a blue Cree for X reason. I think it's just kind of one of those things you're supposed to be like, well, I mean, there's black people on earth and there's white people on earth. So I guess there's blue people on Cree or whatever. Hala, I guess is the Cree homo. Yeah. yeah. Hala. Yeah. Hala. Hala. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. I knew, I knew I could feel, I could feel both of you fucking thinking it. <laughs> it was the worst. It was like the worst feeling. I'm like, one of them's going to say it right. Yep. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know. That's, that's a weird thing, but. I don't. I mean, talking about the races, this is probably more a question for Paul than it is for Tim because like, I know Paul's more of a Marvel guy. Were you not like even when they veered the the scrolls into being like the good guys? Were you still not like don't fucking trust those little assholes? Like they're gonna fuck you. Secret oh. invasion is coming. Like I was still yeah. in my head like you can't trust a scroll. Like I was racist yeah. against the scrolls because I yeah, totally. yeah. 60 years of Marvel comics where I've been like, no, yeah, I, mean, I thought that was, a great, that was a great subversion. Yeah. yeah. A great trope subversion. Like you have these people that definitely look like the menacing evil villains or whatever. And, and they are in the comics. Like they're the, the bad, bad guys. guys yeah. Yeah. Comics, right. So like, like yeah. looping yeah. it back around to be like this, I was like, well, that's interesting. Like I still don't trust yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that if they do happen to do secret invasion, then I would, I I'm more interested now in what their motivation would be for, doing that instead of just 
mwahaha, we are the scrolls, this is what we do thing. Like, is that like was it their idea for another mode of survival? Because the secret invasion story arc was like everyone everyone who ended up being a scroll, like, I don't know. It's it just got really convoluted. It got real crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got yeah. really crazy, and then you're just kind of like, oh, well, now there are no okay. stakes because everyone's a scroll. Kind of yeah. like if there's time travel in, in a movie, then there aren't really any stakes because you just reset everything, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Secret Invasion I mean, also happened in like the middle of a run where Marvel basically had an event every six months. And like, even yeah. I couldn't, I was like, I can't, I don't care anymore. Was it was like, like severe event burnout. It was really yeah. bad because it was like, they went from like House of M through like, there was like seven or eight of them all in a row. And it was like, well, yeah. some of them yeah. were Avengers ones and some of them were X-Men ones. But then it was like, some of them tied into everything and Spidey had his own events going on. So I was like, I can't keep up with any of this. It was basically when I kind of folded in on Marvel a lot and like kind of moved over to the ultimate world. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I can't keep up with like, you guys have a new event the last event's not even done. You're starting the next one because the other one got delayed. Like, anyway. Yeah. Because right after yeah. Secret Invasion was stuff like Fear Itself. Or, yeah, Fear and, Itself was like, r- like literally six right months now. later. Yeah, right yeah. after. Yeah. But I think like, I think in the MCU, if you want to do like a Secret Invasion type story, you, you know, you, you just don't paint all sc- scrolls with the same brush, right? You say like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, here's this splinter faction or whatever yep. that's decided to go, you know, to right. act violently to, yeah, to to get their uh, comeuppance or their revenge or whatever, rather than right. just live peacefully and on their own or whatever. They better do it soon because eventually there's going to be a Reed Richards and like they're going to be fucked at that point because that guy can find scrolls oh. like nobody's business. So <laughs> right. get it in now before the Fantastic Four show up in the MCU. I would really like it if Talos, who was the main scroll in this movie, yeah. was, you know, stayed as a good guy or maybe had a reason to switch his allegiance and develop that like splinter cell of evil scrolls if they're going to go there with secret invasion. They already have a built in reason for it. Cause like there's only a thousand scrolls left, they've said, right? Like there's not a lot of scrolls left. Yeah. They just lost half. Yeah. They're evil. Yeah. Now. So. Thanos is like the snap's going to have repercussions that are going to like fall outside of everything. I think it's going to be kind of cool to watch certain things. Like I can see them like that's how you turn the, the scrolls heel. I guess at that point, it's like yeah, we were fucked and now we're like twice as fucked. So yeah, time yeah. to like time to find a home. Yeah, but with Talos in particular, casting him going back to that sort of subversion was a yeah. st- casting Ben Mendelsohn was a stroke of genius because. Mm-hmm. Like, look at all of his major roles lately. Like, always a villain. In Rogue One, he's the big bad guy. In Ready Player One, he's the big bad. He played fucking Sheriff of Nottingham in that shitty Robin Hood movie from last year. There's one. There's like four. Yeah. So he just keeps playing these like really bad villains. And so you see him and you immediately think, this must be the bad guy. Yeah. I totally actually rolled my eyes when he showed up as the scroll. I'm like, man, that's on the nose. Like, they have to get like the ultimate villain for the last like five years. Like, why didn't they just yeah. get Christoph Waltz to show up and do it? Like, <laughs> like I don't know who else you could get yeah. that would be more like, oh my god, that guy's the bad guy. I mean, I guess Jason Isaac, but I mean, he wasn't even like the total bad guy in Discovery. I was like, yeah, like this this actor, as soon as he showed up, I'm like, who's the bad guy in every movie I watched last year? So, mm-hmm. wow, it's on the nose. But, like, yeah. the way that they flipped it, and like, the way they flipped the scrolls, too, I'm like, ah, you know what? Good on you. You totally got me. Because yeah. I was like, the whole movie, I'm like, they're gonna turn, right? Because they're the fucking yeah. scrolls. Like, that's what they do. They fuck everything up i was waiting for it the whole time but never happened i was waiting for it the whole time too yeah, yeah. i was, was i was also cool. glad that that didn't happen yeah yeah there's a lot to like about this movie that i don't even know where to begin but i have to say that fury carol buddy cop their chemistry through the entire movie yeah 
was so fun to watch from the very beginning all the way to the end where he's singing the Marvelettes at her. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I want just like, I want end game to at least end on a note where they get to spend even like five seconds together on screen. Cause I really mm-hmm. need them oh, back man. together. Yeah. They were, they were so good. I was, uh, I was actually surprised we got so much Sam Jackson. I wasn't expecting it to be this big a role. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he would kind of show up in like, maybe more like a, I'm trying to think like maybe like the Avengers where he's like in a, a catalyst kind of role. Yeah. But like where he's in it a lot, but he's not like the focus, but he was very much like the secondary main character of this movie. And I was like, it's pretty cool to have just, first of all, that de-aging effect, I was like, oh, how? He's 70 years. Like, the only time I could tell he was 70 was when you watched him move. He moves like an older guy. But, like, just to watch his face go, I'm like, holy shit, it really looks like Sam Jackson from, like, fucking yeah. Pulp Fiction. Like, it looked spot on. And I guess they've yeah, got a both ton of him reference. and on Colston. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for the 30 the- seconds, Colston's in there. Yeah, there there was there was a couple places I I will say generally I was really impressed with the de-aging. There were a couple of close ups where I was like, wait a minute. Why the fuck isn't Sam Jackson's hairline moving? Yeah, like his his forehead is like going up and down and that like broke the illusion for me. But I would say about 95 percent of the time it was done really seamlessly. Yeah, there was a couple of like technical aspects of this movie. Like I don't know if we bitch about some stuff at the beginning, like how dark it was and stuff. But there was some editing weirdness going on and like some of the effects were obviously like they kind of rushed some stuff here and there because i caught some patchy comping yeah. and stuff like that here and there too <laughs> they didn't have that avengers budget no 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 yeah. and obviously like i feel like they rushed this movie a little bit more than even like the average mcu movie gets kind of like they, they make these movies real fucking fast right and mm-hmm. I, I think i remember this movie being made like a lot faster and then with a lot more pickups after the fact but that might just be me misremembering something well, I think that there was definitely a, a clamoring from fans to get, like, Marvel, get on the fucking bandwagon when yeah. it comes to having a woman as in the lead, especially after Wonder Woman came out. They're like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, this movie should have happened in Phase 2. I don't know why this movie happened so fucking late. This should have been in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, basically. Like, I wouldn't have done, I would have done Guardians later and done this earlier. That would have been... I mean, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty. so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that I don't know. I just want. I also wanted this movie earlier. Like it should maybe even Guardians of the Galaxy two. I don't yeah. know something. Probably post Avengers. I would have probably wanted post post Ultron because I would, probably wouldn't want her involved in like the Earth stuff until like Avengers, like until Infinity War slash Endgame kind of happened. But yeah. like I would have introduced her earlier so that like she was out there and people were aware of her and stuff. But yeah. I mean, at this point, it's kind of too late, and it's out. So, like, who cares? It's out. We got it. Yeah, we yeah. got it. I know that we had we. You guys were griping a bit about the music cues and like the key, but so that being said, the music selection, yeah, overall was excellent. And yep. from you know, like, what a man to only happy when it rains. Fuck the garbage like that. Girl. I was so smiling yeah. when the garbage started playing. I wasn't really enjoying that. Uh, yeah, that, that that's that sent me really fast. I was really yeah. happy about yeah. it. Yeah, especially that they focused uh primarily on like female fronted like 90s acts. There were a couple that weren't, but the most of them The only were... one I remember is Kurt. Like I know that the Nirvana one yeah, was the are. Yeah. Like did they use any other men? I don't remember. I mean they I, I mean they obviously reference they reference Nine Inch Nails by having her wear like a Trent t shirt basically a whole movie until she puts her uniform back on. But yeah. I think it was just like them using which like that was with the two cues that got me Oh, sorry, I should say, like, that was the other cue that kind of got me, Was I felt was a little tacked on, was the come as you are yeah. cue. Come as you are, and then, yeah. like, the way they started Just a Girl, I was like, mm, this feels yeah. a little, like, this is a little bit much, yeah. but it was yeah. fun. Like, I, once it was going, I'm like, all right, I'm having fun. Like, I love that. I like, I like both songs, so I'm not going to complain, but 
I just felt the yeah. keys yeah. were. I was like, they felt weirdly placed. But that's so, again, and celebrity editing. skin for the credits was yeah, fucking yeah. right on point. I was like, because I love the opening of that song. Yeah, off yeah, of that, so that was good perfect. Riff. Yeah, yeah, good riff. Yeah, I was... still hate Courtney Love, but good riff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Courtney Love was recently a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think I might have mentioned this on the show before, but it was like celebrity skin was the. Yeah, the lip sync for your life song, and it was mm-hmm. pretty great to like. I just like that celebrity skin. That particular song is still within the pop culture narrative because it's still a great song. It's a good that, track. Yeah, that riff is un- unmistakable. Yeah. In terms of stuff, I'd like just every. I think every major character got the right amount of screen time, um, and I felt besides maybe like Annette Benning as Marvel slash the Supreme Intelligence. See, that's the one thing I'd miss from the comic. I think was like her having a real like mentor mentee relationship with the old Marvel, like in the mm-hmm. comics, she works with real Marvel, like for a long time before she becomes like Captain Marvel and stuff. Like he's long dead and blah, blah, blah. So like, I thought that was kind of weird, like as a fan of the character and like a, a history of the character and stuff. Cause she's the seventh Captain Marvel. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's not the yeah. first or second, like she is the seventh Captain Marvel. I looked it up today and I was like, how many, cause like Monica Rambo was fucking Captain Marvel before her. Mm-hmm. And there was like, <laughs> six other ones i was like holy shit she's the seventh one but so i would have liked a little bit more of like her actually dealing with marvell but whatever we're kind of like we're past that now so whatever yeah overall it was, there was a lot more to love than there was to to bitch about when it comes to this movie yeah and i i really enjoyed it overall yeah i thought i was really happy with just how they framed whatever you want to call her carol or captain marvel or whatever like just her sort of superhero characterization like her raw power was like really intense mm-hmm. uh, i found it a little hand wavy like how she got her powers like a huge fucking blast and she just absorbs it like okay whatever but once i got past that like, rack shit again like that was the like it's, yeah it's, a, it's the same thing as like the twins right like they're not mutants they were powered by the tesseract and then like who else kind of has yeah. like a weird tesseract or like infinity so stone should... thing that... vision yeah i guess oh no you know what i was thinking about i was thinking about thor too where Natalie Portman's character kind of gets like, oh yeah, afflicted yeah, by the aether or whatever, yeah, yeah. So like, it, it's not like without precedent. It is a drastic retcon of what the comic origin is. So like, yeah, whatever. But that being said, like, I can see how that fits into the MCU and going forward into Avengers Endgame, where okay, now I can believe that she has the power to take on or, or mm-hmm. the power that could potentially rival Thanos because her power originates from an infinity stone yeah yeah the, the tesseract ended up being the space stone right uh, space no it's, stone it's mine stone? No, it's my uh, it's oh my no you're right no, that it was is. loki's staff yeah you're right well i was thinking i got them confused because like Earth same had, they're in this no, they're both was... in the same movie yeah, yeah yeah i think you're right i think it is space yeah it is space because that teleports uh fuck face off the planet at the end of uh the first avenger Right, right, uh, Red right. Skull, yeah, right? Red Skull. Like that's how yeah. he ends up on wherever the fuck the Soul Stone was because he gets teleported yeah. to Space Stone. That makes sense. Yeah, and then and then going along with just Carol's like sort of just raw power, like you, you don't often see a female hero that is just like fucking brute force, like at least not in like live action media. Mm-hmm. So like, and Larson was fucking ripped for this movie. Shredded. Like you could tell that, yeah, that she she got pretty shredded, and it was so good. It was really cool to see a female superhero where like her power is just kind of brute force and strength not like some feminine fighting style like you have you know like black widow or something like that where it's very like 
you know, feminized, like she uses her feminine wiles to her advantage or whatever. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of like flippy Quipira shit stuff. Yeah. Like, they do yeah. Or look at like, too. you know, the, the quintessential, like strong female character, like Buffy is practically fucking dancing when she's, you know, or doing like gymnastics and shit like that when she's yeah. fighting and shit, which yeah. is very feminized as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, like her and Wonder Woman, I thought like, I mean, did they do that? Oh, I haven't, I gotta rewatch Wonder Woman. It's been a long time since I saw it. And like, I feel like Wonder Woman is very brute force too. Like she was like charging yeah. people with yeah. her shield. They had yeah. obviously looked at like considered like Roman centurion. Like how would uh, someone mm-hmm. fight Spartans. in like ancient they'd be Greece, Greek. Spartans? Yeah. Yeah. They'd be Greek. <laughs> but it was definitely like, I just appreciated the fact that we had a character who was that powerful and didn't go crazy because Marvel has this really bad habit, especially with Wanda and Jean to overpower them. And then they, for some reason have to go crazy. And she's well, not cause they're women. They for- can't handle the power, Paul. I don't know what you're talking like, right. you're, yeah, you're just you're making right. no sense uh, to me whatsoever. Giving right. women power. Yeah. There's I don't a reason it's called that. the cockpit, Paul. God damn oh, it. <laughs> when she blew up the, the, blew up the console after that yeah. part yeah. repeated for, that was great. Yeah. But yeah, she get just gets to be powerful and her emotionality is part of her, the strength that she possesses. Like it, yeah. it enhances her power. It doesn't diminish her control. It was everything in that regard was spot on because I, and like Dark Phoenix um, will be coming out pretty soon. And that whole thing is about how Jean's emotionality and her fragility is what really like <laughs> causes her to blow up a fucking planet and kill billions of people. And then it's just kind of like, fuck, no, now, don't now again. boys, I don't want I don't want to necessarily, but we need to review that movie because that's the mm. last X-Men movie. Like we got to do that one. Uh, and it's going to suck. I have I have. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic for it, but I don't know if I should be. I'm not at all. Yeah, I'm going to see it, and I know it's going to suck. But we're reviewing it because at least that it way, can't we get be as hour. bad as fucking. It can't be apocalypse bad. Hey man, we never even reviewed yeah, apocalypse. The only saving we grace blazed over apocalypse completely when that came out. Uh, here, I think because it de- sucked. Denial was the only way to survive, Mark. The yeah. only way to survive was to repress and deny. No more denying. <laughs> this is the last time that cast is doing it. We got to do a review. It's going to be ugly. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I I'm totally on board with like actually having like the strong like let let Carol be Carol. That's the character in the comics. Like yeah. she's a super strong badass lady that like even Cap's kind of like oh shit that chick knows what she's doing like. Yeah, she, she she's the other on. captain, you know. Yeah, she totally right. is the other captain. Actually, she outranks him. She's a colonel. Uh, she brings right. that up a lot. She's actually a colonel. So yeah, yeah outranks him. But yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm super excited to see her just like get integrated into the main team and basically for Thor to have a giant crush on her because she's gonna outweigh him like power wise. From the <laughs> very second she walks into the Avengers uh, headquarters in the after credits, which I'm going to talk about now because I loved it so much. Oh my god, like, I was dying. Just dying. I was dying. You just see Steve there being Steve, super, like, just worried cutie pie that he is. And, yeah. like, when Carol walks up behind uh, Natasha and is all like, where's Fury? And she's just, like, right into it, all bi- like, all business. Yeah, woman, I was like, woman of action. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. She, she's just like, oh, she doesn't introduce herself. She doesn't give a shit. She's just like, where's Fury? I was like, yeah, every, everybody Carol. else is all like, yeah, everybody else is all like broody and like, yep. oh, we fucked up so bad. Yeah. Yep. And then she's like, all right, let's do this shit. What yep. needs to be done? I don't think we really brought this up. I'm really fucking glad Rhodey survived. I mean, I just love Don Cheadle oh, yeah. so goddamn much. Yeah. I was so happy when he, like when he started talking. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so happy they left Rhodey alive because he is like, he's the man. 
So yeah. Tony, good old Tony stank. Tony stank. Good times. That was great. Oh, love it. And like, yeah. we didn't talk about this at top, and I think we should that Stan thing, the Stan Marvel logo. Uh, yeah. Not a dry uh, eye, man. I was, was crying. Perfect. Oh, I was weepy. It was sad. And then the mall rat script. Okay, God, the mall rat script. <laughs> that's my new favorite cameo. My yeah. new oh. favorite stand cameo by far. No, is... I just like think about the ramifications of that. Like, you know, mall rats, they talk about Marvel characters in that movie. So, like, he's and going to talk about DC oh, characters, characters in that movie. In that movie. <laughs> Actually, in the Marvel comics, I think DC comics exist in Marvel. I think that's the way that works. Like, I think you can get okay. Batman comics in New York. I think that's how it works. But either way, yeah, I was like, huh. That movie's basically like one long Marvel joke. And yeah. So like yeah. the celebrity paradox, like the, the TV tropes in my head was just like going wild. Like, I don't know how they, how do you, how does, what does mall rats sound like in the MCU? Like I need to see, I need Kev to do a recut of mall rats where it actually happens in the MCU. <laughs> we're like halfway yeah. through the movie. The mall gets obliterated by like, I don't know, wrecking crew or some shit like that. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> the, yeah. The shit- this just further proves that Stan Lee is the one above all in the Marvel Fucking universe, and he God is the god. Right. He is the god. Yeah, yeah. he definitely He's is. He's the one above all. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see the... I, this was, I think, just like a couple hours ago, but Kevin Smith uh, posted his reaction to seeing Captain Marvel. I haven't watched it yet. No, I gotta see. I was, I, and that was like the one thing I was waiting for was when he saw it and realized that they fucking shouted him out like big time. Like he, he posted just he posted just a selfie of him just like crying, obviously having yeah just like been like crying himself raw, oh, God, um and saying like you know I've this is amazing you know I love I've loved these characters for so long and now I exist in this shared universe fucked up right and, like that's awesome, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he and his movies are now fucking canon in the MCU. Hey, I'm all for it, man. I love him. Love him to death. But his real question, and mine too, is uh, did he survive the snapture? <gasps> <laughs> I mean... The fucking questions we need answered. Like, somebody get Kevin Feige on the phone. I need to know if Kev survived. Exactly. Like, I need to know now. I didn't even think about yeah. that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Kev may have died in the snapture. <laughs> and if it wasn't Kev, it's like 50-50. It was probably Mosher. So, like, I'm, yeah, or, or I'm, Muse. Or Muse. Like, I'm bummed out. Either way, this works out. Like this doesn't yeah. work for me at all. <laughs> Somebody get Feige on the phone. I need to know. Yeah. And then the other, the other cool cameo. Um, I'm guessing at least one of you caught Kelly Sue DeConnick. Oh yeah, in the subway station. Yep. That was yeah. that was nice to bring her in since she was the one that really like you know popularized that Carol Danvers character. She was yeah. on the production team too. I think she consulted on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was credited in the uh, in the credits yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, which is cool because like yeah. it kind of feels like they're going back to like. They used to do that and like have like the writers come in like in the early MCU movies, like phase one, phase two. They stopped doing that, but it was cool to see Kelly Sue DeConnick get like brought in because yeah. she did like she did amazing work bringing that character into the 21st century. So, right, like, amazing work. Uh, the, I still like go back and reread her run of like because I love everything about it. Yeah. Um, I love like the, the villains that she chose, that how she just truly revitalized a character that had been stuck in so many continuity snarls. Like just let just like, like she's like the Hawkman of, of uh, the Marvel universe. She really is. You should go read her Wikipedia at some point, Tim. It is baffling. <laughs> like it's fucking baffling. Like, yeah, baffling. I, w- I was reading it this morning. Cause I read about 20 issues of that run. Like I'm about halfway through, I guess. Like I was getting into the yeah. kind of fourth and fifth volumes when I had to leave. 
Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. So I went and checked the Wikipedia out, and I was like, holy fuck, her pre like Kelly Sue Deconic, like it yeah. is a goddamn nightmare. <laughs> like just she had like nine names. The binary thing that she does is completely unrelated to her being Captain Marvel, but now it's just kind of like part of her power set. I get it's really weird. Yeah. Like everything yeah. just kind of gets lumped in on her. It's yeah. very strange. For those of you who don't know, binary is Ka- um, Carol's ultimate form yeah, where she turns into a, like a near godlike energy creature that thing. is like yeah. pure energy. And she's like, obviously. Yeah. Ob- well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, her entire origin story and like the things that happened to her throughout, like rogue stealing her powers, all that shit. Um, it's the, the weird rape story from the seventies, like pro, uh, like all that weird yeah. shit. That's like very, very tied into her origin in the comics. It's like, yeah, kind of been the, kind of retconned out, but it's still kind of there. But like, has it been retconned out? You know, the woman solving the mouth problem meme where she's like, like looking side yeah. and trying to figure that's Carol Danvers in a nutshell. Like if oh, you're yeah. trying, <laughs> if you're trying to figure out her six, one, six origin story. So what Kelly could sue DeConnick did to clean it all up and just, find what was truly the core of the character and then turn her into like an A-lister in the Marvel universe was a feat. And she did a wonderful job and go read it. If after you, before or after you see the movie, it doesn't matter. Both are great. So, but read it. It's awesome. Yeah. And like, you get to scratch your head the same way we do. Cause (laughs) cause Christ mystifying, (laughs) mystifying. But yeah. All right, guys. So now that we've been, Ranting and Raven, final thoughts? Shall we get into final thoughts? Starting with Tim again. Tim, final thoughts? Yeah, I just, I was really happy with it overall. I think if I had to give it like out of 10, probably sitting like eight or so. Like yeah. uh, it wasn't, it's it's probably in like my top half of Marvel movies, you know, pro- but probably not in like the top five. I think that, it, like I said, it, the feminism side of it was really good. It gave a lot of, it, it shone a light on a lot of just, issues that women have to deal with without being like really heavy handed about it. Characters were all well-written for the most part, lots of depth to them. There was some good like tropes of version, which is something I always enjoy in a movie. So yeah, I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I'm looking to fucking really looking forward to seeing what her role in Endgame is going to be. Yeah. God, God, just give it to me now. Just give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have the same thing. Like I had little problems, but like for the most part, I was really happy with it. It definitely is not in like my top five Marvel movies, but it is, it's, it's in the middle of the pack somewhere. It's not like at the bottom, it's not Thor dark world or whatever. And I don't even <laughs> hate Thor dark world that much, but like, it's not bad. It's just, I just kind of feel like all of these movies now have kind of become, I don't want to say mediocre. They're all good, but they're just like kind of samey. So like from Dr. Strange through black Panther, even homecoming in some ways. And now this one, I'm like, all right, like, I, I, the formula is there. So then they're just playing to the formula, I guess. Like, I'm fine with it. Can we just get to the second movie? It's basically, or throw them in the Avengers so I can see them actually interact with people. Like, I don't, the origin stuff, I'm kind of over. There's two things. We didn't really talk about Goose enough. Best character in the movie. Uh, Best character in the movie. God damn. I hear Tim yeah. groaning. I hear the groan. But I liked, I liked it. I just, I didn't, I don't know why the fuck it, like this flurkin looks like a cat and why it was just hanging around the lab, like just out of nowhere. Cause it was like, Marvel's pet. W- once we got to it, it was fine. But, <laughs> but is it ever really explained that it was Marvel's pet? 
it will be uh, explained in the Goose origin story. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, here's another fucking backdoor pilot. Hey, man, I would watch that TV show on Disney Plus if they did a Goose show. Like a series. I'm in. Just yeah, Goose I'm in. bobbing around, like, banging alley cats yeah. and fucking eating shit. Just being awesome. I'm in. Yeah. yeah. But that moment, that moment where fucking Fury holds it up and is like, all right, do your thing. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah, that was gold. Yeah, I was gold. dying. Yeah, so like I really, I really like the fact that they like integrated. Like I don't even like cats, but I was like that cat's awesome. So that was cool. Also, this is for basically just for me and Paul, and because we're the only people that remember this book ever happened. The fact that they introduced Monica Rambo means they can do next wave. They can. give me my next wave movie. I need that insanity in live action. That was the the Eminem book, right? Eminem and Warren Ellis. It yeah, twelve issues Which, of rampaging insanity through the weirder parts of the Marvel universe. Give yep. daddy that movie, please want that movie <laughs> like Aaron stack machine, man, just like being a dick. Give it to me. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine Chris Evans, Steve Rogers punching the shit out of the, the captain? captain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who they're going to cast as the captain, which piece of shit is going to be. I like, need to be the, the captain. captain. I have to play the captain. That has to be the role where I break into the MCU is I play the captain. Just <laughs> the, the drunk douchebag. I need to be that. Like, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. So we need to get you to read Next Wave. It's insanity. You'll love it. Oh, and that would this would give a perfect excuse to bring Ava Green into the MCU as Elsa Bloodstone. I want oh my that God. so bad. Perfect. So bad. Perfect. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Then all you need to cast is um boom boom and we're done, basically. Yeah. Oh man. So Shit. Like hot and dumb. This needs to be hot and dumb. That's hot and dumb. Well, hot and funny and dumb, you know what I mean? Like has to be able to play yeah. hot and dumb. Like that's you need to find that girl and then you're you're golden. Yeah. So and is that, is that, uh, yeah, who would play Aaron Aaron Staff? Who would be the robot? Doesn't matter. Doesn't uh, matter, man. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, this, Ed, I want... Ed Helms or Colbert? Actually, Colbert. There's your there's your fucking machine, <laughs> yeah. man. Just yeah, there you go. Just obnoxious asshole. I'm so in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that was like my the my I think my most excited point was when I was like, wait, is that Monica Rambo? Wait, can they do next wave now? Can I get <laughs> is it possible? possible not likely but possible that i'm gonna get a next wave not even probable not even likely not even like nobody's even thinking about it but like there is a chance that i'm gonna get a next wave agents of hate movie because they introduced the lead (laughs) that's where i'm at with this movie is i want next wave now yeah all right and (laughs) my final thoughts also next wave please marvel get on it now like phase five opening movie we're next doing wave. next wave now. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine? Like the, it would be could the you best. imagine the public's reaction to that movie? Like Fing Fang Foom in the opening scene. Yeah, Devil Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> Even just like the what's the guy's name? Dirk Anger. Is it Dirk Anger? Dirk Anger. Yeah, Dirk Anger. <laughs> There's the a... director. The director of Hate. Like, oh my god, it's yeah. insanity. It's gonna be. It would be mind boggling. Yeah. The broccoli There's... people. Broccoli people. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much to love about that book so go also go read go read next wave after you read captain marvel that's my that'll be your geek cred can be captain marvel mine will be fucking next wave go watch Monica yeah. rambo be badass and insane yeah. for 12 years <laughs> yeah so yeah my final thoughts on captain marvel are like it was i found it empowering i found it interesting 
Like they did try to mess with the origin story formula a little bit, but not all of it was particularly successful, like the first act of the movie. But a lot of it did pay off really well. And overall, it's a well-structured, well-made movie. I also would give it an 8 out of 10. I'm just so fucking happy Carol Danvers is part of the MCU now. Um, fuck you, uh, Red Pill, MRA, and so yeah. man babies. <laughs> fuck you all, because it was a good movie. Actually, I was going to bring that up. Did either of you been on YouTube this week? Or like just no. gone to the main page of YouTube and like done any kind of like comic booky looking stuff? Yeah, there's a lot no. of weird shit about Brie Larson showing up on YouTube. And I was like, what is going on? I watched a couple of them and I was like, wow, some of these people, they should be fucking sterilized. Yeah, I've seen a lot of shit. I'm for eugenics, but Mm. I'm for eugenics right now. (laughs) I've seen a lot of shit in some of like the uh, nerdy like Facebook communities that I'm part of that have like just tens of thousands of people in them, kind of thing, where they're just Mm. taking like fucking comments that she said like way out of context and shit like that, and blowing it way out of proportion. And then there was, of course, all these fucking MRAs that like tanked the uh, advanced reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and Rotten Tomatoes finally fucking got rid of like being people being able to review movies before they've released yeah so there's that <laughs> well now that now the audience score is sitting at a 34 percent with ten thousand user reviews before it, it was really? at almost it was almost at sixty thousand because they review bombed it you yeah. know like they're they're sending bots after after this movie because it represents something that they are threatened by yeah. and they should be Fuck them. Yeah, exactly. Fuck all of them. Wait, and this they, movie isn't probably... made exclusively for my, you know me and my gays. How dare you? Yeah. So right now it's sitting. It's seventy nine percent as of like uh, us recording and talking right now. It's one oh four a.m. on Saturday, March 9th or whatever. Fuck, who cares? Seventy nine percent certified fresh by the on the critic side. Fifty percent audience score. What? Yeah, that just switched over. Because I like I was down to thirty something percent at ten thousand, and I just refreshed the page, and yeah, seventy nine and fifty. There's some fuckery going on with Rotten Tomatoes. Let's ignore that and just appreciate the fact that this is a really good MCU movie, and these fuckers were. They're now. There's a lot of mental gymnastics going on now about how oh this movie actually didn't shove a feminist agenda down our throat. Actually, yes, it did. But they're trying to justify going to see the movie now because they don't want to miss the any Endgame stuff because they know they're going to go see Endgame anyway. Even the Metacritic's kind of like fucky. Like the Metascore overall is 65 and the user score is 2.9. So like they're getting brigaded a little bit. It looks like. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised by that. I'm not saying that like there's reasons for critics to dislike the movie, absolutely. But are they disliking it on the merits of the film and not the culture surrounding it? I don't know. Whatever it is, I think it's a good movie. I hope it destroys at the box office this weekend. I really hope it hits that that juicy, juicy 100 million dollar mark. If it doesn't, though, that's cool. Whatever. I think I'm going to go see it again. So I'm definitely going to go see it again. I need to see it in like 2D so that I can actually know what the fuck's going on in those scenes. But mm-hmm. I am interested in like, I want to watch it again. So I'm actually more interested in watching this one again than I have been. I mean, anything except for Infinity War. Because um, like Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp, I think I've seen twice. Um, Black Panther, I was like, I saw twice. Like this one, I'm like, I kind of want to see it again. So like Infinity War, which I've now seen 48,000 times. Uh, yeah Yeah, i think it'll be interesting to see especially how that first act holds up knowing you know all the twists and stuff that we get later on see like if i feel more invested in it going back and rewatching a second time that being said i've got a shitload of work travel coming up so 
I'm not sure when I'll have time to see it again, especially considering we're getting into blockbuster season. Yeah, uh, Endgame is fucking imminent, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting. So that's it for our review of Captain Marvel. So let's get into our geek cred to end us off for the week. Tim, go ahead. What is your geek cred for the week? Uh, I'm going to recommend a uh, DC graphic novel that came out uh, about a month ago now um, called... Man and Superman that written by Marv Wolfman and art by uh, Claudio Castellini. It was actually written like 10 years ago uh, and was supposed to be part of a, an old series that got canceled called uh, Superman Confidential. And oh, I remember that book. Yeah. And the series got canceled before this, uh, like basically what would have been a four issue arc was published, but it sort of looks at Superman, before he puts on the costume, basically his early days heading to Metropolis, sort of still figuring himself out, like figuring out, you know, how he can best help the world and trying to get his job at the Daily Planet and stuff like that. And I always like seeing those like, you know, younger takes on Superman where he's sort of unsure of himself and, you know, still really second guessing himself. Even after 10 years of Smallville, you don't have enough of that? Yeah, this is a much better take than most than about ninety <laughs> than about ninety nine percent of Smallville. So, oh god, that show. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. Uh, it's getting really good reviews overall as yeah. well. It's Marv Wolfman's a fucking legendary Superman writer and overall comic book writer. So, uh, yeah, and it's one that kind of flew over the radar because it's this weird situation where it was supposed to be published like ten years ago, and they finally got around to just putting out like a basically graphic novel version of it and for so that's in like four chapters it's like a ten dollar book really solid story so nice. yeah go read that cool all right mark what's your geek i mean guy? can i not just say next wave like it has to be next wave now, right <laughs> like we, right, a, agents yeah, of hate guys just can... go get into that sweet sweet next wave love beautiful beautiful you'll love it mm-hmm. and if you don't yeah. you're insane that's basically what I'm <laughs> you're yeah or not insane, which might be like a bare minimum for enjoying next wave because it is, I don't even know how to, it's not, it's absurd, surreal, Dadaist genius while also being like the most pandery bullshit. Oh my God. Absolutely. All time at the same time. It's, it's so the good. ultimate comic it book. Is, it is the ultimate comic it book. Is. Anyway, <laughs> next wave is great. Yeah, yeah. Go see Monica Rambo be yeah. badass. So that's what I'm going to recommend this week. Nice. Yeah. And I'm just going to reiterate, go read Kelly Sue DeConnick's Captain Marvel run. Go now. You haven't done it already? What? What the fuck are you waiting for? Let's get them them to finish this podcast and then they can go read it. You know, we want them to not stop listening to this. Okay. Well, you can wait for Wait for us to to sign off and then go read it. There you go. Go do it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So that is our episode for the week. So. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe, which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, we'd love to hear what you thought about Captain Marvel or anything we talked about today. You can drop us a line on one of facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. That's our episode. So say good night, Tim. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Mark. Oh, good night, guys. From this side of the planet. Good afternoon. <laughs> Have a great one. Bye. <laughs> oh, make me over. <laughs> I'm all I wanna be. <laughs>
You almost forgot the lyrics there, didn't you? I heard you stumble. I heard you stumble. I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving That's okay. In. You should put a really long pause in there just so it seems like you forgot it for like five yeah. minutes. Just cut it. Yeah. Let's like insert silence. Yeah. I know how to do that real well, guys. I know how to do that real well. All right, guys. Have a good one. Nice.